When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder here from Silver and Black Pride. We've got our Friday news, injury report, and mailbag podcast. And reminder, to have your questions answered on the show, tweet them at me, at mholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. Again, at mholder95 on Twitter, or sbpquestions1 at gmail.com via email. The Raiders have a unique Saturday afternoon game against the Cleveland Browns this weekend, which has already gotten more interesting as the week has gone on, but we'll go over that more with the news and injury report. Speaking of which, let's get to the news. We'll kick things off with what the most exciting news coming out of Raiderland this week, and that's Allegiant Stadium will be the venue for Super Bowl 58 in 2024. The Caesars Superdome when New Orleans was originally set to host the big game, but scheduling conflicts with Mardi Gras preventing the Saints Stadium from hosting until 2025, much to the benefit of the Raiders in Las Vegas. Mark Davis spoke about his billion-dollar facility hosting yet another significant NFL event and said, The Raiders are thrilled the National Football League has selected Las Vegas to host Super Bowl 58 in January and February 2024, hosting the 2022 Pro Bowl, the 2022 NFL Draft, and now the 2024 Super Bowl is just some of the ancillary benefits resulting from the public-private partnership we created with the state of Nevada to bring the Raiders to Las Vegas and build Allegiant Stadium. It's only the beginning, but for now... The Super Bowl is coming to the sports and entertainment capital of the world. That should be one hell of a week down in Sin City once the time comes. One note on Raiders quarterback Derek Carr heading into Saturday's game. Per Josh Dubow of the Associated Press, Carr is 74 yards shy of passing for his fourth consecutive 4,000-yard season, and assuming he's able to cross that benchmark, he'll join a handful of quarterbacks who have accomplished that feat. Drew Brees has the record with 12 consecutive 4,000-yard season. Matt Ryan is next with 10. Peyton Manning had a run of eight years, same with Phillip Rivers. Matthew Stafford is next with seven. Manning had another stretch with six years in a row. Tom Brady did it for five years in a row, two separate times. Kirk Cousins just makes a list with four, and Rivers had another one with four. That's a list with one Hall of Famer and a few future Gold Jacket recipients that Carr will be next to. Shifting the mood a bit, there's been a lot of frustration with the Las Vegas Raiders recently as fans, and now a few legendary former players are sharing their feelings about the direction of the team. Hall of Fame wide receiver Tim Brown tweeted out, At Raiders, the end of the 99 season was a game changer for our team. It's the last game of the year, we have nothing to play for, but KC is playing for the division title. We got down early in the game and by half we were down 17. But something happened in that locker room that changed us. Guys started talking about being sick and tired of losing to KC and losing period. There was a challenge issued, if you don't care, don't come out of the locker room. We came out of the locker room, overcame the deficit and beat KC, which had only been done once in my previous 11 years. That catapulted us the next three years to a Super Bowl, two AFC championships, and ugh, the tuck rule game. Someone in the locker room has to grab this team by the throat and refuse to allow them to fail. The question is, who is that guy or guys, and can they stand up? Brown's quarterback on that team, Rich Gannon, also chimed in stating, Wow, well said, Captain. I remember being in that locker room, and I also remember you bawling out every time you stepped on a football field. For those that missed it, Charles Wilson also called out the Raiders during the pregame show before the Chiefs game and said that if the Raiders lost, everyone in the building needs to be on notice. And well, let's just say some heads might start to roll if Mark Davis starts listening to his former players. Speaking of changes, 
Mark Davis was asked again about the impending offseason head coach search and said that there's always work being done, but Rich Bisacci is the head coach for the Raiders and the focus is on making the playoffs, per Albert Breer. Well, Mark, I hate to break it to you, but this team ain't making the playoffs so the head coach search can start. Granted, I'm sure he just doesn't want to give out more information to the public than he has to, as the Silver and Black will almost undoubtedly have a new man in charge next season. I alluded to this at the beginning of the show. The NFL has had a surge in positive COVID-19 tests among players and coaches, and the team that might be most affected by this is the Raiders' upcoming opponent, the Cleveland Browns. The Browns have had several key players and coaches test positive this week, including head coach Kevin Stefanski, starting quarterback Baker Mayfield, and now backup quarterback Case Keenum, number one wide receiver Jarvis Landry, all-pro quality guard Wyatt Teller, both starting safeties John Johnson and Ronnie Harrison, as well as nickelback Troy Hill, just to name a few players on the COVID list as the list is even longer. As for who will be under center for Cleveland, it's looking like Nick Mullins, who Raiders fans might remember from his time with the San Francisco 49ers, where he made his first NFL start against the Raiders on Thursday Night Football and led the 49ers to a 34-3 victory. As for Las Vegas, they've luckily steered clear of any major COVID news this week. We'll let you guys know if anything happens to the game, like getting canceled or moved, but as of right now, kickoff is still set for 1.30 Pacific time on Sunday. I've got a couple updates on some former Raiders for you guys. Linebacker Tanner Muse was promoted from the Seattle Seahawks practice squad to the active roster this week. Muse was of course picked in the third round out of Clemson by Las Vegas in the 2020 NFL Draft, but never took a regular season snap for the Silver and Black after spending his rookie season on injured reserve and getting cut at the end of training camp this year. It sounds like he'll get a chance to make his professional debut in Seattle though. I'm sure everyone listening remembers the Damon Arnett saga from about a month and a half ago that eventually led to the 2020 first round picks release. Arnett found a new home this week, signing to the Miami Dolphins practice squad. The Ohio State product went to high school in nearby Fort Lauderdale, Florida at St. Thomas Aquinas, so he gets to return home and will be reunited with another member of the Raiders 2020 draft class, Lynn Bowden. A couple of NFL news slash housekeeping items to go over. The league informed all teams that the salary cap will go from $182.5 million to $208.2 million, a little more than a 14% increase. That's good news as the cap actually went down this past season, and the 2022 number surpasses the 2020 figure by over $10 million, so it looks like we're back on track for the cap to steadily increase year after year. It's been about two minutes since I talked about COVID, so why not pick it back up and dive into the NFL's updated COVID-19 protocols. All 32 teams have been placed in intensive COVID-19 protocols until the conclusion of this week's games, meaning mandatory mask wearing in team facilities, social distancing, all virtual meetings, and restrictions on activities outside the facilities, among other guidelines. The NFL is also making it easier for players who are vaccinated and tested positive, but are asymptomatic to return to action. Such player can either have two PCR tests that are negative, or have a CT value greater than 35, or have one negative PCR test, or one that produces a CT value of 35 or greater, and a negative MESA test that's taken within 24 hours of the PCR test, or just two negative MESA tests. CT stands for cycle threshold, which measures how contagious a player is, even if they test positive on a traditional test. A MESA test is a more rapid form of testing that usually returns results in about an hour. So... This could help the Browns get some of those players back, but we'll have to play the waiting game for now. Moving on to the injury report, and I've got some bad news for you guys. Tight end Darren Waller, linebacker Denzel Perryman, and cornerback Trayvon Mullen have all been ruled out for the game. Waller will now miss his third game in a row with a strained IT ban, but he apparently made some progress this week according to Basakia, but obviously not enough to suit up on Saturday. 
This will be the second consecutive game Perryman has missed with an ankle injury, so expect to see more of rookie Divine Diablo and veteran Markel Lee, and we might even get to see Will Compton get some action. As for Mullen, he returned last week, but it looks like that might have been a little premature since he's out a week later with presumably the same toe injury. Expect to see more of Brandon Faison and maybe even some Desmond Trufant in Mullen's place. Defensive end Carl Nassib, who has missed the last couple of games, also received an injury designation on the team's final injury report of the week. Nassib has been limited in practice with a knee injury and has been ruled questionable for Saturday. Linebacker Patrick Owosu has been in a similar spot, missing time recently, but he was upgraded to limited in practice with a back injury, as was tight end Foster Moreau with an abdomen, but neither players received an injury designation for the game, which is a good sign they'll play. Real quickly, I'll go over the full participants for the Raiders this week. Safety Jonathan Abram with an illness, defensive end Max Crosby with a calf, Markel Lee, ribs, Trevon Merrick, tooth, and that'll do it for the Raiders injury report. In addition to the guys I previously mentioned who are in COVID protocol for the Browns, they've got a handful of significant injuries to deal with as well. Backup running back Kareem Hunt, who plays a big role in their offense, has been ruled out with an ankle injury, so we could see more from Dearness Johnson and rookie Demetric Felton. Starting quarterback and standout rookie Greg Newsom will miss the game with a concussion, which is a big loss, but the Browns do have a pretty good third corner in Greedy Williams, so we'll see how much of an impact Newsom being out really makes. Rookie wide receiver Anthony Schwartz, who would have filled in for Jarvis Landry in the slot, also has a concussion and won't suit up. Schwartz has been out for a few weeks now, but obviously, Cleveland is extremely depleted and could use him in the receiving corps this weekend. Jadavian Clowney was listed as a DNP for Wednesday and Thursday, but hasn't received a game status designation, so that'll be something to monitor over the next day or so. In summary, the Browns are going to be pretty short-handed against the Raiders. Alright, mailbag time. Reminder to have your questions answered on the show. Tweet them at me, at mholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. First question, who are two big-time free agents that you think the Raiders are getting this offseason, and who's a player that might leave in free agency? Well, I do think it's a little early to start talking about that, just because as far as we're looking at what the free agent pool might look like, obviously franchise tags and anything, extensions between now and March can happen and whatnot. So it's a little early, but the names I would keep an eye on, or one name I would keep an eye on, would be at the wide receiver position, Allen Robinson. He's a guy that I think has been severely underrated just because of the quarterback play. He started his career playing with Blake Bortles, then uh, had to deal with Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. Now he's working with Justin Fields, and it hasn't been quite as smooth as they would have liked. But I think he's a guy that could easily ascend into a top five receiver level if he's got the right quarterback in the right situation. So I'd really love to see him come to Vegas and see what he can do. The other name would be Chris Godwin, who I'm sure everybody knows pretty well. Obviously a pretty good receiver for the, the Bucks over there. And contract situation is a little dicey over there in Tampa Bay. So he might actually become available because they do have Mike Evans. And then uh, they don't actually, they don't particularly need Chris Godwin. They're spending a lot of money pressed against the cap. They ended up having to franchise tag him this year. So who knows? And the other guy is going to be Devontae Adams. I think a lot of people have uh, already talked about him coming to the Raiders. Obviously has a connection with Derek Carr, having played with him in college. That situation is going to be a little bit weird to watch over the offseason just to see what Aaron Rodgers does. I think that's obviously going to play a big factor in what Devontae Adams wants to do. So those would be the three biggest names I say to look out for, the three headliners that I think the Raiders will try and at least make a run at, especially with their lack of luck in drafting receivers in recent, recent years. The name that might be a little bit more under the radar that I think could fix their deep threat problem that they have on the team without Henry Ruggs would be a guy like a Will Fuller who's still relatively young and obviously can stretch the field. He's going to be a free agent this year. Obviously don't know what it'll be, uh, if he'll be retained or not, but 
definitely going to be a guy to keep an eye on as a more under-the-radar wide receiver uh, signing. And then the other two guys that i kind of like to see them make a run out would be at the safety position. Obviously, we keep hearing about a lot of the too high um, stuff that's kind of taken the week by storm. And I think part of the Raiders' problem right now is they don't have two safeties that can play that deep safety role. So I'd like to see them take a run at a guy like Marcus May from the Jets or Marcus William from the Saints. I think either one of those guys would be a great addition if they can get there. Now, on the offensive line, I think is where their other uh, biggest need besides wide receiver is going to be in this offseason. The problem is the off, the free agent class looks like it's going to be a little old for the offensive line. You know, Maybe they go with a Cam Robinson and maybe try and get him to play right tackle, but he's only been left in his career, so it would be a little bit interesting. He's kind of the young one of the bunch, but... Like I said, it's a lot of older guys, so I don't know if they're going to go with uh, the free agency route to solve the O-line problem. I have a feeling that'll probably be in the draft. The other guy that I would consider, and if this is if Washington lets him walk, which I doubt it would because he's kind of been a staple of their franchise over the last few years, it would be Brandon Scherf. And Brandon Scherf's also going to be 30 in the offseason. So again, not exactly spring chickens on the offensive line in free agency this year. So I think the, uh, the O-line would be addressed in the draft if I had to put my money on it. And as far as, you know, the Raiders losing any free agents, you know, obviously it will depend on if they want to trade guys or, um, you know, get rid of guys that are in contract situations that they want to cut ties with. But as far as their actual free agent guys, the guys that won't have contracts come February, probably the biggest name that you would hear would be Nicholas Morrow, maybe a Jonathan Hankins. They don't have a whole lot of key guys or guys that are on their roster that are big or coming upcoming free agents. So, I don't think they'll really lose much. I think they're in a pretty good spot from that perspective. Obviously, losing Hankins would suck as far as a run defender, but I think he's kind of getting to the point where he's getting a little more replaceable. And, I mean, Nick Morrow, we saw him have a a breakout year last year, but obviously hasn't been able to play much this year. So even if he walks, I don't think it's going to be a good loss. So, yeah, I think it could be a pretty good free agency for the Raiders. Obviously, they got pretty two pretty good players last year in Yannick Ngakwe and Casey Hayward. So hopefully they can replicate that and we'll uh, see what happens. But it'll be an interesting March, that's for sure. All right, question two. Does Gus Bradley come back next year? Uh, no. Um, I don't think anybody on this coaching staff is coming back. The way this year has unfolded, I don't think um, anyone on the staff is coming back. I think Mark Davis is especially going to clean house on the coaching staff. I think that's for certain. Remains to be seen what he's going to do with the roster and you know, obviously what he's going to do at GM will have a big big uh, play a big factor in that but I think this whole coaching staff is gone and I think one of the indictments on Bradley is obviously he can't figure out how to stop Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs they've given up like 100 points of this year I don't even think I'm exaggerating at that point so yeah I think Gus Bradley is going to be a one and done I think this entire coaching staff is going to look very different so we'll see what happens numero three is Waller just going to go ahead and miss the rest of the season well Pisaccia did say that he was working with the trainers this week, just hasn't been able to practice yet. So it sounds like they want him to come back. I think especially if they lose on Saturday to a depleted Browns team. I mean, I, I, you've you've got to sit him, I think I would think. And in my opinion, I just shut him down. Just worry, start worrying about next year and even giving Foster Moreau more reps. Give him more time to see if you, uh, what you have in him, see if he can step up. Because obviously he struggled to do that this year. He's kind of been pretty disappointed. I would so... I would shut down Waller if it was me. I don't know if they'll do that. I don't know if he'll want to do that. 
Um, I don't have the specific specifics on his contract or anything like that. I don't know if maybe he's got like a Pro Bowl incentive or some sort of statistical milestone to accomplish to get like an extra some extra money or anything like that, which would mean he would want to get out there and he would want to get out there and play. And I'm sure as a competitor, he wants to be out there anyway. But yeah, I mean, if, if I'm calling the shots um, in a season that looks pretty much dead, postseason, yeah, they're still mathematically in it. But I mean, let's be real. This team's not making the postseason, like I said earlier. I would shut the guy down, um, you know, save him for next year. Don't risk him getting injured again. He's already been injured uh, two times now this year. So if it were me, I'd shut him down. But I do think one other factor that plays here is if the coaching staff is trying to save their jobs or build up their resume, they're going to probably want uh, Waller out there, especially the offensive coaches, because any sort of numbers that they put up, even at this time of year, is going to be another feather on their resume or a feather in their cap or uh, another bullet point on their resume. So... I have a feeling he'll probably play, but can't say I agree with that. Question number four. You guys are coming in hot with the questions this week. I love it. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on the way. (laughs) Well, I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but I do think they kind of are a package deal. Not necessarily that they'll absolutely play in the same place or they'll go to the same team next year, but in the sense that I think if Aaron Rodgers stays, then I think Devontae Adams has more reason to stay in Green Bay. And maybe even Devontae Adams' decision will play a factor in Aaron Rodgers' decision. I think they definitely want to stick together if they can and keep running it back. They seem to get along well, pretty well together. Um, But obviously, we don't know how happy Aaron Rodgers is with the front office. Watching the game last week and listening to some of the broadcasters talk about it, it did seem like Aaron Rodgers is in a much better space than he was in the offseason with Green Bay. So maybe he ends up sticking around all that offseason drama all for nothing at the end of the day. And maybe that encourages Devontae to stay there too. But I think there's a good chance at least one of them can come. I think Devontae would probably be the most likely of those two, just in the sense that if Aaron Rodgers wants to come to the Raiders, I think the Raiders will make that happen. And then that could also mean Devontae comes with them. And Devontae, like I said previously, has a connection with Derek Carr. So Devontae could come independent of Rodgers as well. Um, but as far as any sort of changes, I mean, obviously, the first domino that would have to fall for Aaron Rodgers would be getting rid of Derek Carr. I don't think we'll get any sort of news on that until we absolutely have to. Um, I do think that's on the table this year, especially if Aaron is picking up the phone or Aaron's agent's picking up the phone and saying, hey, he wants to come to Vegas. I think you you make that switch. I think you have to uh, pull that trigger. And I'm not a Carr hater by any means. I have a feeling Carr will be back next year. But, I mean, if you get a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, you take that. So... It'll depend on what those guys really want to do. If they want to be in Vegas, both of them will be in Vegas. So I don't have a great answer for you, but I think uh, of the two, Devontae is definitely the more likely. Well, that's all I got for you guys this week. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And make sure to follow me on Twitter, at mholder95, and follow Silver and Black Pride. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and download. That helps us grow and give you guys even better content. Other than that, until next week, guys.